0: Is that what I'm doing? Rough trade radio. First, uh, Surf-
1: Barb-
0: trade,
1: radio. Okay. Trade.
2: Rough trade radio. Rough ra- Rub- R- trade radio. Rough
1: trade radio. Rough trade radio. Rough trade
2: radio. Rough trade radio. Rough trade radio.
1: Welcome back to the Rough Trade podcast. I am back from my holiday, back from my Weezer cruise. Um, massive thanks to George for doing such a stellar job in my absence last week. Hope you all enjoyed the Rough Trade NYC ride and hopefully more from them before before too long, um, coming up this week, I chatted to our album of the month champions, Dive on the new record, A Change Up in production, and also Working Together. That'll be five to one, arriving in the usual slot. Also, though Sam from Rough Trade Nottingham swung by to chat new releases with me, as well as his latest album, Crush. Plus, Rob's got his disco on, and George gives us um, the lowdown on Black Friday 2019, which, by the way, gets bigger every year. And in fact, is a bit of a thing in the UK too. So, in case you didn't know, Black Friday, a little bit like um, Record Store Day, is where lots of sort of limited edition releases are available on a select day, and you can only grab them in store. The list of available titles for both the US and the UK should be up at RoughTrade.com now. I'll try and stick it in the show notes for you, so you can grab that. Uh, so, yeah, look, take a look through, make your wish lists. There are some super, super good titles in there this year, some of which George will take you through. We hope to have a few of the US titles available in the UK as well. So yeah, do get stuck in if that's your sort of thing. But kicking off today's playlist, Idols announced a new live album last week, A Beautiful Thing, live at Le Bataclan, recorded in Paris on the 3rd of December last year and celebrating their two-year journey to that point. It includes songs from both Brutalism and Joy as an act of resistance and basically promises, to be absolutely mega a must for any idols fan and i imagine it is extra special if you were lucky enough to be at the gig it also comes on a choice of vinyl colors i think there's three to choose from so yeah get pre-ordering now at roughtrade.com here is a taster of what you're in for though this is mother
3: i am a feminist
1: So that was Idols and Mother taken from their forthcoming live album, which we are, of course, very, very excited about. Um, But on to the next section of the show, which is new releases. And I have Sam back with me for another show. Hi, Sam.
4: Hey, Emily. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm still a bit jet lagged from my holiday.
4: Yeah, your Instagram looked like you had a very nice time. (laughs) I'm very jealous.
1: (laughs) It was amazing. It was so great. Um, I'm trying to get back into the swing of things with work. Obviously, it's an amazing job to come back to you, so it can't be can't be too down in the dumps. But um, yeah, still kind of in that transition period. But it's nice to be back doing the podcast. I did miss it. But um, NYC did a really great job last week, so that was fun to listen nice. to you too. So I've come back to quite a busy week, really. We've got a couple of um, standout Rough Trade exclusives that I'm going to quickly mention. So we've got Floating Points. And his stunning new album called Crush, which is on Rough Trade exclusive vinyl. The vinyl itself, I must point out, is an exclusive, but it is in fact the sleeve artwork that is a totally bespoke, I believe, design for ourselves, and it is really rather beautiful. It looks like kind of like um, lots of colours interweaving, <laughs> as if it was like. Almost like coloured oil. Yeah, it looks nice. I don't really know how to describe it. It's It's kind of cool cool. that we have like an alternative
4: sleeve compared to just the different coloured record ones. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice sort of... Nice little switching things up a bit. Yeah,
1: totally, totally. And I really like it. So... Snap that one up if you're keen. Also, we have Jungle, whose DJ mix compilation for the iconic Back to Mind series is out. Um, and we have a Rough Trade exclusive orange vinyl edition of this, I think limited to about 300 copies. So that's very cool because I think they put out an album last year. So yeah, I I'm pretty sure that well was fresh in my mind. Somewhere. Coming on quite soon. But obviously, it's a comp. But I think there's one original track on there that they have done specifically for uh, this okay. album. Kept one um, back. Yeah. yeah, so that is awesome. Um But what I'm going to talk about and that we're going to play this week is, of course, the new Foals record. Yeah. So it's Everything Not Saved Will Be Lost Part 2. Obviously, the follow-up to the massively critically acclaimed um Everything Not Saved Will Be Lost Part 1 that came out earlier this year. It also scooped a Mercury nomination.
4: And you were there for the Mercury Wars, I was, weren't you? I was
1: actually there I was do you know what though I'm gonna Very admit jealous. this I missed the Foles performance
4: because
1: <laughs> I think they opened the show and I was still faffing at the bar and then I didn't realize it had started and then I came in sat in my chair and Lawrence um who works with me came in came in and sat next to me and he said oh I think we've already missed it <laughs> and I was like rats but um obviously I was really excited to be there anyway and saw some amazing performances and I heard that they were amazing and yeah so fully geared up for this new album um part two arrives it's a bit of a heavier listen the guitars are more emphasized and there's some really big riffs on it and it also asks how you can continue in the wreckage and through the scorched earth which basically is responding to many of the themes explored in part one um They actually came in for a signing at Rough Trade East on Saturday. So thank you to everyone that came down to that. And also their label is Transgressive, who is our label focus for this month. Just announced the brilliant um, Transgressive, who we love so, so much. Um, But the standout track for me on this record is called The Runner. Um, I think it's got all the elements of the kind of foals catalog. What makes
4: them foals.
1: Um, and it hones in on the importance of fighting back against the odds um, I first saw foals I think at Latitude Festival 2011 okay. I want to say. I've never
4: seen them live, you know, but everyone says they blow you your I
1: think they're just one of those really consistently good okay. bands. Certainly, like in the press, they always do really well.
4: That's what you want but, live as well, isn't it? You want consistency yeah. from artists sometimes. Yeah,
1: they're just a, a really solid band, I think. And I really love them when I saw them and I've kind of followed them along the way ever since. Nice. Um, so yeah, looking forward to this one. And I really like this track, so I'm well, gonna play it. Let's this play is it. this is Foles and the Runner. I'm gonna go Foles and the runner and next up sam is going to take us through another new release for this week which is
4: well uh there's the new clara del Forno record which is called look up sharp uh big fan of uh, my ladies as everyone knows you know i'm a big fan of some of these artists uh this is her second album uh it's like three years on from the first so she's obviously been a very busy lady oh wow okay i think she lives in london now as well i think that uh moving to like a big busy city has kind of influenced a lot of things on this record uh it's out on her own label as well which is called Callista records uh and yeah it's great i love it it's very like diy dream pop you get a lot of like what you call maybe humid bass in there, bass lines there's a lot of tender tones and so a little bit of like psychedelic synth work but her vocals are always like super crystal clear like, when you listen to the record, it kind of gives you a very... Oh, how do you... You know how you talked about all the oils of the uh, Floating Float record? <laughs> yeah, that really like, bad description. <laughs> no, but it <laughs> like makes Dave. you feel like pastoral, like a pastoral stillness. Like, it just feels, like, colourful. Okay. But, like, quite calm at the same time. But she's, like, super, super good. I love this album. It's great. Like, if, if you're a fan of, like, the Jenny Haval yes. or, like, Kelly Lee Owens, I'd recommend giving it a go because... Uh, there's some similarities there that would probably give people who are fans of those to okay. uh, keep them satisfied with this record. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, looking forward to this one. There's no there's no special thing with it. It's just a black LP. Yeah. But, you know, I think you should go... The music go, says it all. The music says <laughs> it all. You should go copy and just give it a listen.
1: Yeah. And controversially, I'm going to say, a lot of people say that Black Final actually sounds better.
4: People do say that, but mm. I don't know if that's like statistically proven.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I've never really tested it. I don't think I've got the ears for it. I'm not an Supposedly like it's clear
4: vinyl sounds terrible. White vinyl supposedly sounds terrible.
1: Is that because it's got no colour in it at all? And the more colour you have in it, the better it sounds.
4: You could argue that. We could also argue that black vinyl is the absence
1: of colour. So that also has no colour. There you go, yeah. It's a tone. Getting deep. Let's play and i feel like format. we should also be more up to scratch on this but i literally have no technological knowledge on vinyl
4: if anyone out there has any technical knowledge on vinyl yeah, please uh, write into and us. you know what the worst <laughs> colors to press on and what the best colors to yeah. press on are. we basically want like a comments. rainbow
1: of best to worst colors of vinyl you've to got here. so
4: much you've got splatter you've got yeah. halves you've got marble uh, yeah. talking of idols Stuff to begin oh. with he pressed his was it his mother's ashes into, like, the second pressing of uh, the first album, Brutalism. Oh, really? I mean, they sold that on the website.
1: Wow, I didn't know that.
4: Yeah, so, like, you can get, like, a copy of Brutalism with, I think, his mum's ashes pressed wow. into the wow. LP. Oh, well you could, deep. it's sold out completely, obviously. Yeah, but
1: yeah. But anyway, moving... Do you think we should <laughs> play
4: some Clara Del Forno
1: <laughs> yeah, and get yeah. back on track with this? <laughs> <laughs> Just going to rewind now <laughs> to the original record we were talking about. Clara uh, Del Forno. yes, yeah, we have so, a track.
4: Yeah, so, you know, Out Friday, uh, Look Up Sharp, Uh, let's go, let's play, took a long time.
1: That was the wonderful Clara Del Forno. Um, Following that, I'm going to talk about this. Actually, I believed it to be out this week and it's not, but it is on pre-order. There is a single, seven inch single that is out. I think it's sold out. The pre-orders are sold out online, Um, but you should be able to grab it in the shop if you are quick. Um, But it is for the OST for Motherless Brooklyn, which is the upcoming film directed, produced and written by the wonderful Ed Norton. um, And he also stars in it. And this spoke to me because the film is about um, an American, well, it's an American crime drama set against the backdrop of 1950s New York. And seeing as I've just come back from New York, I'm well in that realm. I also, while I was in New York, watched um, an Ed Norton film. I forget its name already. The one that's something X.
4: I thought you were going to tell me you got caught up in a crime.
1: No, no, that probably wouldn't be be so good. I nearly did last year, well, not actually, a big when I was in New York. But F- that's another i not a fan, so i, I not. Okay. Is Lem- he in American I'm History X? Is that that's it, it that's yeah, is that it. it. Oh my I'm God, I'm, like, I'm so N- embarrassed X-Files that I've forgotten it already. He's like,
4: don't say X Files because it's not that. Yeah. American History X, that is I'm a great film. It though. is a great that film. That is good.
1: And it's been on my list for years to watch, but I never, I always wanted to watch it with somebody because I love like, chatting about films that's afterwards.
4: Got the curb stomping moment in as well it, isn't it? it does it's pretty horrific
1: it it's pretty horrific so I'm well in Ed Nortonville mm. and this is coming out so it's perfect timing um the film lands in cinemas in November I haven't been paid to like do an ad for this film <laughs> just FYI but I'm just very enthusiastic um it lands in cinemas in November and the OST is on pre-order now and it's released on CD I believe on the 25th of October and then the vinyl comes out on the 6th of December um Um, It features many a musical heavyweight including of course Tom York who's been a bit of a mastermind behind this I think. Um, So featured on the album are two versions of the song called Daily Battles um, each performed by musical icons of modern music one of which is Tom York. There's a version of Tom York and also Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers Um, and I'm going to play that track today but then there's also like another version which has a lot of jazz influences in it and actually a The album as a whole um, showcases quite a lot of new recordings of several jazz classics, um, along with songs created by in-demand composer Daniel Pemberton. Um, But they were all recorded specifically for the film, so totally unique. I think it's brilliant. I think I love the record already. So review the film exactly. I'm going to be doing a film review at this rate. Um, But yeah, let's check it out. This is Daily Battles. that Was Daily Battles from the soundtrack to Motherless Brooklyn? The single is out now and the album is pre ordering at Weftrade.com. Gonna wrap up our. I oh know that does kind of wrap up new releases, I think.
4: I know you've got the uh Nils from Encores 1 to 3 as well. Oh, yes, that I definitely want to mention that. Um,
1: you've got some info on that, haven't you?
4: Uh, yeah, big fan of Nils from. I yeah. like I liked All Melody, which is where Encores 1 came out from. We had it as the special lp when we had it for album yes, of the month in february did. 2018 yeah all the way. and that was then. also an album of the year it was uh and then he released like two and three throughout the year on 12 inch and this is kind of like uh one three being released on a cd so to my knowledge there's nothing new it's just that you couldn't get it on cd before it was yeah. all lp or exclusive yeah so if you're a big fan of Nils uh make and sure yeah make sure you get that <laughs> I, I enjoyed all melody but me personally you know i loved solo which was like the more delicate yeah that's dance. the big hitter isn't and it? spaces though spaces is great I yeah love spaces. yeah but yeah if you're a big fan of neils and cds go get on one to three
1: hell yeah which leaves me to wrap up with well we have our usual chat don't we about yeah. what you've been listening to but the one that i wanted to, i queried you on this earlier before we sat down and you're the perfect person to chat to because oh you're God, a big fan. I am
4: a big fan, but now I can make myself a lot silly.
1: <laughs> no, you ain't at all. But I don't think we've mentioned the arrival of Nick Cave into the world again on this podcast yet. So let's chat about it now. Because we obviously had our amazing had listening parties, parties yeah. um, which were wild on holiday, which is probably why it's not come up. But um yeah, first impressions.
4: Uh it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> uh maybe my album of the year at this rate. Really? Yeah, like, I'm a big fan of Nick Cave. Uh, just everything he's done. Obviously, his 20-year career or whatever it is now, it might even be more than that. It might mm. be double that. Mm. Uh, it's just gone across so many different genres uh, that you just can't really fathom, like, all of his material in one. Like, if you tell someone to get into Nick Cave, you have to, like, give them a starting point. And, like, depending on what sort of music they like, you don't know where to drop them sometimes. Okay. But Ghostine, which is the new one, which is out physically eighth of November, I think it is that Friday, yeah, uh obviously this is the latest one uh there's like a little theme to it, I guess, like a conceptual uh album. the first one to eight tracks on which is classed as the first c d is like songs from the uh songs written from a children's perspective, and then there's a second c d which is like two really long tracks and a bit of spoken word in between. Which is the second track, which is uh, written from the perspective of what he calls the parents. He doesn't really go into any more details than that when you've heard about it in interviews. He's just said that one track, one side is to do with parents, the other side is to do with children. Yeah. Uh, but it's very like Nick Cave sounds very vulnerable in it, but it's like the whole record is kind of so soft and it's really warm. There's loads of like high synths in there and like really slow drifting electronics, mm-hmm. like. You hear a lot of like Warren Ellis there with his like Korg or whatever synthesize he's got yeah. like whirling away uh yeah like I don't know when I talk about it I just have a big smile like, I, get a bit, <laughs> I kind of get a bit overwhelmed by it because I think it's a fantastic album
1: oh but it's nice me talking to you about it because I am not in any way I know it all about Nick Cave I've kind of I'm largely very new to him as an artist in terms of I've dipped in and out of things but there's so many mega fans yeah, out there's there. Yeah, so many I'm all, albums all, all, as yeah, well. Yeah, I also feel kind of quite I'm nervous about getting into it this late in the day. But I, where you mentioned Warren Ellis there, I'm a big fan of his um, co projects with Nick Warren. Cave, yeah. Yeah, um, for soundtracks like The Road, which yeah, actually yeah. came out recently on vinyl. Mm. Brilliant. Um, see, so yeah, I'm definitely g- going to give this a go. Yeah, this give is the go. one.
4: Obviously, it leads on from Skeleton Tree, and the, you can see that there's the style is quite similar. I feel that Skeleton Tree was a bit darker and this album's a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. Maybe the covers represent that as well because Skeleton Tree is just black with the text on the front. Yeah. Where this one's like very like you always find Nick Cave's very one for like biblical references as well. And this and the bloody like um picture the album cover for Ghosteen looks like some like magical Eden type it does. godly realm where like everything's green and Yeah pretty and as it should be i guess
1: it is stunning and actually i can picture it as it make a beautiful print in a nursery i think yeah it's got that kind of vibe the
4: posters you got if you went to the uh listening parties are amazing yeah it's like that print but like huge
1: oh wow so yeah i really missed out going on holiday no there might be a few knocking about you never know i'll have a little look 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 in the back room
4: (laughs) but yeah you know i'm i don't think there's anything you can do that i wouldn't like at at this point
1: yeah one of those
4: yeah it's one of those sort of things but like yeah, if you love Nick Cave, I think you'll love this album. If you've never listened to him before and you want to get into him, you could start ghosting. There's no reason that you can't. Uh, So yeah, you know, just give him a listen and see what you think. Uh, But my favourite song from this album, I like a lot of the tracks, but the one that always sticks out for me is Galleon Ship, so I think we should play that.
1: Okay, awesome. Sam, thank you so much for coming by again. No worries. Nice to have you on as always, and we'll play out with We will, and we'll play out with Nick Cave.
2: If I could sail a gallant ship Across the sky, seek out mysteries while you
0: sleep, and treasures
2: money cannot buy. For you know, I see you. servant girl and empress my galleon ship will fly and fall fall and fly and fly Thousand galleon ships will sail ghostly round the morning sun. Stand and watch the galleon ships suckle around.
5: It's your boy Rob again with some reissues to round up. I'm at an age now where maybe, maybe I'm emotional now. Maybe, you know, I can't watch Pixar films without crying. Or when on RuPaul, when they're having like a chat, when they're doing their makeup and they start talking about personal stories. You know, they're, they're things that really, really touch me. And so I was incredibly touched last week when our good friends at New York made me a jingle for this little roundup bit and uh meant a lot to uh, meant a lot to me anyway reissues reissues. Uh, a few records here that will look really good in your collection you know make you look like you know your stuff or you know if you're out and about if you are dj if you're one of those guys or gals that djs you put this on and i am sure somebody will go what's this and then they'll be adding it and we're just spreading the love with these old stuffs uh, anyway, first up, Ana Mazzotti, and I apologize um, to our Brazilian friends, uh, with an album called Ninguem Val Mi su- Sugara. Ana sugra. Uh, Mazzotti on Far Out. Do check out what she's put out, at, uh, a, a reissue of her 1974 record. Again, Ninguem Vai Mi Sugara. If I say it quick, uh, you, don't, you do notice the flaws. Um, This is one of those records, lovely bit of like psychedelic tropicalia, some nice funk, some bossa nova. It goes really hard. Sometimes it goes a bit folky. It's the kind of stuff that we know that us record collector nerds like. Soul jazz records, again, with one of those comps that you can put on in your house and makes out as though you're more well-versed in a genre than you actually really are because to get some of these stuff on OG vinyl, um, I mean, you have to mess around with disco. Gross. Um, it would cost you a lot of money. So luckily, uh, our fine friends over at Soul Jazz have put together Nigeria Soul Power 70, which is a collection of soul funk, uh, fuzzy rock, afro rock, afro disco. Um, I'd say like this is a good jumping off point, and then maybe go and check out some Soundway stuff. They usually reissue some good Brazilian stuff. Hey, so far out recordings and hey, check out this bit of excellent radio syncage because this is a record called Disco Soccer that I'm really enjoying and you'll probably really enjoy it because um, Brazilians are good at soccer. So that's why I linked this together because this has got nothing to do with Brazil. But it has everything to do with um, a Ghanaian um, athlete uh, who goes by the name of al Haji Siriku Um And he was... Um, a decorated athlete in Africa um, and would won silver and gold medals uh, in the All-Africa Games and West-African Games in 1963. And he went over to um, the York Institute in America because uh, he had attained a scholarship um, for his athleticism. And anyway, he got really into baseball and he trained with the team uh, and would occasionally play matches. And one of the teachers, the music teachers from York, had heard him singing inspirational team-building songs and chants for his side in a sort of uh, Ghanaian style. And uh, he really enjoyed the rhythm uh, of these songs and decided to, can I make a a little record for you? And... um, he made this disco record with him after doing a few other things called Disco Soccer. And he'd signed to Polydor back in 1979. And what he put together was this really, uh, it's one of those like disco records. It's a little bit on the er erotic. It's got a bit of afro to it. So it's a bit different from what you'd find in a sort of American disco record of the time. Of course, because it's the 70s, there are... Um, orgasm sounds in it, but I find that the '70s orgasm sound is seems to be the only acceptable um, period where you could use that without it being creepy AF. <laughs> anyway, uh, disco soccer, and I'm gonna play you a track from this. This is a track called "Feed My Body." <laughs>
6: Mm. Let me feed your body baby with my natural thing Let me feed your body baby with my natural thing mm.
1: rub what an insert of the week love a bit of disco five to one next though and dive are our album of the month for october and i chatted to colin and Colton. five to one
3: baby one in five
1: Colin. Welcome to the Rough Trade Podcast. Thank
6: Thanks. you.
1: How's it going today? It's
7: going great. Pretty great,
1: yeah. Yeah? You arrived in London yesterday?
7: We arrived yesterday. It was cold and grey and today it's sunny. And yeah, nice. today it's sunny.
1: You've yeah. come at a good time. We've had like kind of a crap summer mm. weather-wise. Now it's just started to kind of settle down a bit, so.
6: Cool. We kind of need the cold.
1: Yeah? yeah. Oh yeah. You got, So you guys are based in LA now? Yeah. So pretty hot.
7: Yeah, and we're a bit overwhelmed with sun sometimes, so it is kind of nice to come to dreary Europe, yeah.
1: Yeah, dreary Europe, I like it. (laughs) I just want to kind of start off by asking how you would describe this period in Dive's kind of journey. Do you think there's kind of a certain renewed clarity with this record, renewed unity even with this record as a band?
6: Uh, Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, I think you know the band's been around for like six years and um, like over that time we just kind of wound up on a like on a dark path like a kind of unsustainable um, like way that we were working and so um, you know we took a little time off took time for ourselves
0: Mm.
6: to kind of like refocus our own lives and then um, you know the band approaching the band in a new way and it's I think it's feels a little like a rebirth or something
1: for all of you as y- not just like individually but oh I mean like together? the band as yeah. a whole. yeah yeah
6: I mean I guess individually maybe in yeah. a way but for sure the band like we kind of changed the the kind of everything about the way we worked
1: yeah yeah is this the first time you've done a record like together as a band rather than singly just as you Cole yeah that, and is that Has that really enhanced everything about producing a record for you, would you say?
7: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot, obviously it was more fulfilling for me and the rest of the band just Mm. because we had more input. But I felt it was the same. I got the idea that it was the same for Cole too, because we were all able to like really, really push each other. And it was like long, long hours Mm. in a practice space. And like we would work well past the point where like alone you'd be like, okay, that's enough for today. We were like going well beyond that point, and just like trying over and over and over, and and really having a lot of fun, like experimenting and trying new things, and not really saying no to something because it was new or different, you know? Yeah. Giving it a shot. Yeah, it
6: was like an exercise, and just you know, learning how to listen to music, learning how to make music. You know, we we all like. We learned a lot from each other and just from listening in general and listening together and talking out ideas. It's mm. it was really really fun to to engage with music mm. in a new way.
1: Mm. So you recorded the record Is it this March just gone?
7: I think we started in February. Okay. It was like February to May. Okay. Something like some that. some breaks in between.
1: And then prior to that was it quite a long process of creation and sitting down together or was it fairly swift? No, it was no. Quite long?
7: Well, I mean I think some people take some bands take like over a year to make a record I think it it was was 10 months
6: total okay Um, and yeah there's it was like you know long days some days you know 10 hours a day just Mm. sitting in a space and playing through the songs and trying to you know hyper focus on each individual idea and make sure each little tiny thing had like a reason to be there so like you know focusing on You know, for two hours on a transition or something, or Mm -hmm. like trying to reinvent the parts, playing the songs, you know, not taking anything as a given. Like if the demo sounds like this, it would be like, well, maybe why don't we try at half speed? Or why don't we, you know, it it was just kind of fun to experiment and listen to reference points that we could point out and be like, this element of this we want to capture, but like, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. And you figure it out by just like listening to it.
7: Mm -hmm. Also, the no song was like done until it was done and printed like right. mix wise at the end they were all changing and so like over the course of all those months and when we took them on tour and then when we went into the recording studio like each song was kind of like building off the other songs and like we we couldn't really like settle until everything was like finished because we were like really holding ourselves accountable yeah yeah
1: I think I've spoken to lots of people in the past and they sometimes I guess create songs in a way where they do it once and then they don't touch it because they feel like it's I don't know really raw or whatever but there's obviously lots of different ways to doing it and obviously for you guys it was would you say like really refining it and
6: perfecting it I think part of it too was acknowledging that like that we're not you know perfect songwriters or something and and like there's like a, a a kind of some sense that you get from like communicating with each other where like you're you have to be completely okay with hearing criticism and feedback on your part Mm. or whatever you are doing and okay Mm. with giving it to somebody else, which is also hard. And we figured out how to, how to communicate and like, you know, never like fell in love too hard with any specific element of it because at any point somebody could be like, I don't like that. And then we'd Mm. have to say, well, why and discuss it and break it down figure out what we're actually trying to do. Mm. So getting precious about demos for sure is something I, I fall into, especially on the first record where it was like the first music I'd made myself and I was like really proud of it and listened to it a lot so then by the time I went into the studio I was like well the demos are perfect but I think that that's you know, it's a trap that a lot of musicians fall into and so we were conscious about avoiding it this time
1: and I guess if you hadn't done that first record or even the second record it's an evolution I suppose of a working process so Mm -hmm. maybe needed to do independent stuff before you came together to kind of work in this way yeah absolutely
6: yeah nobody knows what they're doing off the bat which is sometimes why first records are so exciting because it's just like this new
7: mm.
6: you know a new voice who does things their own way but you know there's so many ways to do it wrong um, so we were just trying to you know come up with a, a new process that worked for us and like eventually we got to something that did work and you know it's we kind of want to keep trying it
1: yeah um, thematically, then, um, you've released a statement saying that this is the soundtrack to personal resurrection under the heavy weight of metallic catharsis. Um, would you say? Did I this say oh, the so. the, yeah, the guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. who wrote the bio. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. Is that representative of what you would say?
6: Uh, I guess. Yeah.
1: I think you touched on that in the last album, but would you say this is touching on those themes in a much kind of truer? form than, um, you, than you were last time or is it just that you're in a different space now
6: well it's th- yeah it's definitely all of that I mean it's definitely truer you know I think it the last record I had you know very short exposure to um like the world of you know recovery and the tool set that you get from you know going about yourself mm-hmm. um the uh you know every Person, You know, millions of addicts, their story is one of, you know, relapse and recovery. And it's, you know, that's a part of part of recovery itself is is relapse and and struggling and failing um, and like being okay with that and accepting it, whatever. So like, you know, the second record is like an attempt and a failure. Mm. And um, then like, you know, there's a bunch of time where, you know, I think every addict is always looking for like the easiest softest way to to recover but like the real answer is just that it's like a lot of work on yourself mm. um, and you know a lot of assumptions about yourself just throwing out and a lot um, so I think like the, there was a lot of work that I was that I kind of knew I had to do but wasn't willing to do on the second record and then you know spent like a year two years now like doing that work and then was able to kind of reflect on it and digest it in a more um, real way or something on this one Mm. if that makes sense
1: Mm. no definitely and yeah that statement so the statement was for the for the press release
7: yeah I mean the like those words are (laughs) true but you know bios are really hard yeah yeah I mean we would never be like yeah you know the new record it's like metallic metallic catharsis no
1: okay even though
7: like that sentiment is you know true it's like to a, us.
6: a bio writer is like a a journalist who writes a piece and puts it out but then you can like edit it
1: yeah, yeah. but like you're
6: not it's it's like a per, it's like a statement i guess yeah. from the band but like it's kind of just yeah you know, something because you know a lot of journalists will just copy paste it okay. and it's something that we were like fine with being a yeah. thing but like in terms of a statement it's It's really just we kind of wanted the record to speak for itself and not, like, talk too much about, you know, specifics of or, like, make some fucking grandiose statement because it's just not in the spirit of the record itself. Especially because,
7: like, there are a bunch of elements of this record that are, like, a little bit cliche when you talk out loud about them. Like, about, like, band unity and us being, like, a family and, like, working through, like... Difficult times and coming out on the other side and like making something that we really love and like having healthier lives. You know, if Mm. you like, if you try to put it to words, it's like, okay, all right, we get it. But yeah, like we're all so proud
6: of you. Like, you know, yeah, pat on the back, back, son. But it is, it is true. You know, we do feel that way about the album that it's like very like positive and, and we wouldn't even be talking about it or, you know, it's, it's like a, you know, like such a hashtag blessed thing to be like, my life is so good right now. Like you can do it. But only reason we're doing that is because like, you know, we feel really proud of the record Mm -hmm. and like it's related. So otherwise it's like, who cares? But that is the the story of the record, like it or not. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting to talk talk about that actually because at Rough Trade, for example, we work with so many artists and bands and things and often you you do just get fed those kind of PR statements Mm -hmm. so that's why it's so great to like have bands like yourselves come in and really talk about it and often it is just that yes this is our story but you want people to listen and Mm -hmm. experience it for themselves and take their own personal things from it yeah I
6: mean to us like you listen to the record and it's like it's all it's all there there's Mm. nothing that needs to be said but like I, I, I really don't think that you know for us it's clear because we're like aware of our own story but I think for just like any person maybe that like we've conceded that like it's fine to give a little context or something Mm -hmm. you know i mean me as a music fan i love that i love hearing you know the how how bands did stuff or why or
1: yeah and i guess sometimes you could even go into a record listening to it and then have questions after you've heard it or have questions up front when you've heard, oh, there's this record and it's, you know, so mm-hmm. it's at all stages. So cool. it's definitely cool to unravel those layers. Um, I'm going to hop back to production quickly because sure. oh. you enlisted the production talents of Sonny hmm Did I pronounce it right? Excellent. Yeah. Um, and this is the first time you've had an external producer, I think, work with you guys. Um, was that kind of always on the cards for album three or was it something that Kind of came to light as you started working together.
7: Yeah, we had like, we had different ambitions for this record in terms of like how heavy we wanted it to be, Mm -hmm. the bands that we were referencing, and like we wanted to record some of it live or as much as we could have live. Yeah. And like that's like beyond our technical expertise. So like we knew that we wanted to get someone, and we got really lucky. Our manager just suggested this dude, Sonny. And we didn't really know much about him. I think the only thing we were told was like he made the Emma Ruth Rondell record and a Proto Martyr record. Yeah. But we met up with him for lunch and Cole and I just like listed our reference points for the new record. And he was like, those are like my favorite bands. Oh, and wow. then after 20 minutes, we're like, oh, we'll just make it with Sunny." Yeah. It's super easy. Yeah. Is and it... didn't ever think about
6: it again. Yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> so it was just kind of seamlessly... Just like slipped into your working process, rather than being this big scary new thing. Mm
6: -hmm. Yeah, and also, you know, we had had like a kind of intense dynamic with the band where it was like kind of like brutal honesty, and but also like having a lot of fun, and um, you know, just like a closeness that you get from spending ten hours a day, seven days a week, with a bunch of people that you Mm -hmm. have been through a lot with. Mm -hmm. Um, And I imagine that for a person coming in from the outside, that's, like, really intimidating, right? Mm -hmm. Because how do you fit into a dynamic like that? And Sonny just did. It was, like, one of the most impressive things that he did in the whole record was that he was just able to, like, slot right in and, like, like really grew to love the guy. Yeah. And um, so he also was able to just be, like, brutally honest with us. Like, you know, there's one moment where he's, like, okay, like we did, we spent like five hours tracking a song a bunch of times to get the right take. We went in the control room and he's like, this song is two minutes too long. You need to like go take a walk. And we just like took a walk and thought about our mistake and realized that we were, had just kind of gotten lost on a thread of the song and lost what the original song had been. So then kind of like went back to the beginning right there in the studio and it was super helpful. He saved it. He saved it, you know, and he wouldn't. He wasn't like controlling what we what we did. He just knew that if we were struggling, he would just insert himself in there and yeah. just be like, "I think I can help."
0: Yeah.
6: Um. So yeah. it was really, really artful the way he he just kind of like got in, and also Tyler um, Carmen, who is the assistant or the the engineer on the record, who is okay. working. He did like all the the vocals with us. Um, like just. felt like it was just one of our close friends Mm. you know we enjoyed just like hanging out Mm. joking around I think it was like relatively easy because
7: they knew that we had like a really concrete idea for what we wanted the record to sound like so they like it was like we were like co-producing it a little bit Mm -hmm. so we would have these like big ideas and they they were never like no you can't do that Mm -hmm. you know they would just they would help guide us with like specifics which was really helpful because it's so easy to get distracted as a band and, yeah. like, just kind of make the wrong decision in the moment because you're excited or, like, confused or anything. Yeah. And yeah. And Sonny's I
6: mean, a big music fan, too. Yeah. You know, he, it, we all got the sense when we were in there that we kind of were all making the record we'd always wanted to make.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: You know, and there were moments where you know it's like uh oh, like turn the distortion down on this guitar and Sonny's like I can't let you do that I'm sorry I just can't I <laughs> just just please
1: <laughs> I guess it's too early to say but is it an experience you'd maybe look to to do again
6: with
7: Sonny? yeah
1: yeah, yeah. like working with yeah, yeah
6: it we do like it in one second we I think we
7: talked about it we talked about wanting to do at least one more with him yeah cuz it felt like it felt like we didn't like tap into all the creative potential there you know mm. especially because he was really good at responding to our ideas and I think making this record was kind of like a window into like a bunch of things that we could do now okay and so it would be easy to or not easy it was a lot of work it was yeah really hard but <laughs> it would be accessible and fun to like do it again with yeah. that same dynamic because it feels like there's a lot to just, explore
1: yeah to just like enhance the kind of scope of what you as a band could achieve yeah yeah I mean, yeah, it's
6: funny to th- to think about making the record, cause it, like it kind of comes off as like so serious. And making the record was really fun mm-hmm. and really lighthearted. Um, and you know, I think it helped that we were all really excited about it. But there's, you know, all jokes.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys are doing an American tour of this record pretty much as soon as it's been released. Mm-hmm. Have you been prepping for that right now? How's that going? how's performing like how's performing these songs live I suppose been has it made it all the more kind of real and visceral and
6: well they were they were like we kind of started them live you know like they they've they kind of formed live mm-hmm. which was really helpful but okay. you know we've always been kind of like a you know a irresponsible type um Man, we don't you know, we don't rehearse. We don't really put a lot of care into the way that the songs sound live. We kind of just play them and think that that can carry us and get us by. Okay. And then, as we like get older, and we make music that's like a little bit more difficult to pull off, um, we kind of had the idea of like restructuring the way we do stuff live and way more, way less like off the cuff and just like, you know, I mean, like you know we're not drinking we're not there's just a lot of things that were like the appeal of playing live music for us Mm -hmm. when we first started of just like it's a party every night Mm, and that's like not really interesting for us right now so um we we're doing like a lot of a lot of stuff hopefully it pans out you know, having a much more figured out set, having the tempos all right, you know, having a, a light show that's kind of synced to everything. It's like a little bit more, um, you know, having a like the sound set up, like actually what we want rather mm-hmm. than just like whatever like old amp we have lying around and whatever broken pedals we've had since we were kids. And yeah, it's the first time we've, you know, spent money that we don't have on gear. But um, it's like all part of just like a Trying to just like grow up and level up, you know. We we toured with, um, we toured with our friends Deaf Heaven last year, and they really it made us really quickly feel like okay, we need to grow up because they were constantly trying to level up themselves, right. okay. and they just you know the show was so cohesive and dynamic, and the sounds were great, and you know it's not like they had a ton of crazy stuff going on. They just had a simple like routine for the way they did it so we're kind of trying like a different live approach we haven't actually tried it yet but we have a month to to really get it together
7: it's funny I mean we've had some rehearsals where we played the songs and like we we like wrote and arranged them as a band in a room so like we know how to play them Mm -hmm. so to speak but like we just like we got so specific with sounds and everything and performance. I know like when Cole and I recorded the vocals, like we spent a long time like talking about how they should sound and like how to sing them. And they're kind of like soft and whispered. And so like that's a challenge to recreate live. Certain guitar sounds are really hard to recreate. So we can like do the songs as a band and it's like, okay, that's that song, but mm. it's just about like kind of achieving the standard and quality that we want yeah, live is kind of a challenge, but it's a good challenge,
1: yeah. Have you ever been to see a band and you've listened to the record and you've gone to see them live, and it just sounds totally different?
7: yeah, yeah, all the time I mean, <laughs> do you find
1: that do you think do you find that frustrating or do you think that it's just a different interpretation of it totally music?
6: depends on the band and the show. I mean, we were that band. and I think it was exciting for us, you know, because it kind of was just like, no rules and people didn't seem to care mm. but I, I don't think we're interested in being that band anymore some I mean yeah I mean that, I think a lot of it's interesting to do, make songs differently live and on record you mm. know but on on this one that's you know there's changes we're gonna make cause people have a little bit more it's a little bit more about the moment when it's live so like the you know you can kind of do things that are like cheesy on record yeah live um, you know like extending you know a, a build up or something and or like making like a dynamic um, arrangement within a build up or whatever we've talked about a couple ideas of changing them live but not like a, at a fundamental level where okay. it's like a, you know there's a separate live version or something
1: yeah yeah well congrats on the record and thank you all the best for the tour hopefully you'll come over to europe and tour at some point yeah February, maybe very March, i think okay awesome and we'll maybe try and get you guys to come in and play at rough trade
7: yeah we'd love to we did it once yeah. years ago on yeah the on the last
1: record mm-hmm. cool
7: we love this place
1: yeah it's fun we love it too um can i ask you to pick a track off the album to play us out today
6: yeah, we played Odds or Evens before the show and picked one. So um, it's actually that song we are talking about where Sonny was like, the song is two minutes too long. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. So hopefully you guys don't think it's two minutes too short. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How long is it in total? I don't know. I think this one's like in resu- in three
7: minutes, 45 seconds or something. Yeah. Okay. It's called For the Guilty.
1: Awesome. Dive, thank you very, very much. Yeah, no Thanks.
4: record your message. When you have finished recording, simply hang up or press the pound key for further options.
8: Hey guys, it's George from Rough Trade NYC. You might remember me. I hosted this thing a week ago, the whole thing, and now relegated back to calling up in the voicemail. You guys won't pick up the phone. You know my time in the spotlight, it was brief, it was glorious, but I guess I need to move on. So Let me just tell you what I'm here to tell you, which is I'm very excited about a lot of things. First and foremost, Black Friday. Guys, it's just about like, you know, a month away. It's coming. November 29th. It's a special day. It's like a mini record store day. And here's the thing with Black Friday. You can't jump online and just order whatever you want. You know, you got to be there. You got to show up, you know? So the first, at least in New York, the first two days, all these titles are only exclusively available in the store can't buy them online we want to see you we want to give you high fives we want to give you tight awkward hugs okay this is what it's about because we appreciate our customers that, that come in support us and make this thing happen so i'm going to tell you about i don't know three titles that i'm excited about there's there's a lot of titles I'm, I'm honestly excited about but i'm just going to highlight three this week maybe i'll jump in a couple more weeks and tell you some uh, some others but Let's get started. First and foremost, Jazz Dispensary. They've been putting together these great comps like Record Store Day and Black Friday for a couple of years now. These '60s and '70s jazz comps. This one is no exception. This one I'm very excited about because it's it's more funky than normal. It's called the Dank Defunk Blend. I mean, that's what a title, right? And what a cover! This cover is super trippy, and the selection of tracks is amazing. It's got. Funk Incorporated, Richard Groove Holmes, Bernard Purdy. It's got Idris Muhammad doing James Brown Super Bad. It's ridiculous. That one is on Green Marbled Vinyl. Only three thousand copies. Definitely a title I'm excited about. Another one, The National. Here's a here's a curveball. It's not a record. It's a it's a three cassette box that they put together of them playing at the Greek theater. Um actually September of 2018. The cool thing is this whole um, experiment with this recording was that they were trying to replicate, um, what this guy, Mike Millard used to do in the seventies to, to bootleg concerts when he'd bring in this like huge cassette deck and microphones, but he got these really notoriously, you know, warm and beautiful sounding recordings. So they, they actually replicated the exact gear that he used and, um, Supposedly, it sounds amazing. I have not heard any of it, but I've heard it's... And, you know, on cassette. So it, it's all about, like, kind of retaining the aura of what this guy did back in the day. And um, that is... There's only a 1,000 copies of that, guys. You're going to want to get your your greasy paws on that one. Uh, this last one is kind of, like, something I'm specifically just interested in. There's this band, Chai. it's this great Japanese quartet that have been... Um, Killing it lately. And this is a reissue. I believe it's their first EP. And it's a picture disc. Chai, if you don't know, they're like adorable, but also so badass. And they do this cool mix of um like, there's like punk vibes, there's garage vibes, and there's like dancey vibes. And it's kind of like, I liked the description on our website sums it up pretty well it's like something that could have been on grand royal in the 90s so chai i'm very excited about that's only 400 copies that's like that's special you gotta get your hands on one of those um so those are three titles that i'm very excited about black friday i'm also decided to spotlight a pre-order of the week this is a new one from halado negro lotto negro i've been championing since I first discovered him a few years back, and he's amazing. Um, his real name, Roberto uh, Carlos Lang, and he does this beautiful electronic mixed with like this gorgeous Latin crooning, the way he sings. And he has put out one of my favorite albums of the year, which is uh, called This Is How You Smile. And this basically is a recording of his live band from touring this year, which is very unique, very different from the recorded album it was kind of like more the stripped down and um alternate versions of these songs and so we have the live at kcrw up for pre-order and um that's going to be a, a pretty limited run so you might want to jump online and pre-order that one and i think that's it i'm going to try to keep it short this week but i will play you out with um a track from the this is how you smile album again one of my Picks for albums of the year. Um, why don't we play Phantasma Vaga? And um, thanks, guys. We'll catch you next week. Take it away. Hello, Negro.
9: Así, espantos de agosto, supongo produce poco. Modulaciones en tu sonrisa, desplazamiento que no puedo imitar, formas en el fondo.
1: Thanks for doing such a wicked job on the podcast and we will get back to you in the driving seat hopefully very, very soon. Um, Massive shout out also to Colin and Cole of Dive for chatting to me this week. Deceiver is out now and you can grab it on that. Rough Trade exclusive Galaxy vinyl recently back in stock at roughtrade.com. So to close out this week, and I'm going to look ahead to Friday, and Van Morrison is back with his sixth album in four years. Three Chord and The Truth It's 14 new original compositions that captures Van Morrison's sound and showcases his talents as one of the most celebrated songwriters. It's out on LP and CD, and yeah, you can't go wrong with a bit of Van. Here's the track, Days Gone By, and I will catch you next week. Bye.
10: I said that so long ago I would not say it now Well, I didn't know what I said would stick like glue What I said in the days gone by Well, they tried to stitch me up So many words so long ago But we were all so young and foolish then Hopefully we can make mistakes And then we grow For the days of old For kindness with you For the sake For the sake of the days gone by And hopefully we will Hopefully we will Keep on growing and growing Baby, 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 baby Shall we reach the sky If I ever reach I'm gonna surely Gonna surely have to try Have to try For the sake of all Sick of the days gone by. So sorry for the ones who lead, for to lead, they want to lead such a perfect life. Sweep under everything, sweep everything underneath the rug. And they're never free from conflict, from conflict and strife. Because they perpetuate, perpetuate. Some kind of lie, my love Perpetuate, perpetuate the lie But everything I'm doing, everything I'm doing I had to fight for it, had to fight for it In the days, in the days gone by It's gone by. go yeah, walking, 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 walking up that hillside now. Where the heather, where the heather, where the heather's growing so wild. Then I'm gonna carry my child, carry my child on my shoulders. Cross the river, cross the river for the sake, for the sake of the day, it gone by. of kindness for the sake